Am I the only one who's not drinking scotch? Freeze. Hold up. I don't have scotch. This is not scotch. What, you, what is? What are you drinking, man? I have water. Let's see if I can get it close enough for you to read. Ah, uh, it's too gray. I'm drinking grape brandy. Are you drinking brandy? Is that the stuff you brought over? I would I mean, share I with you, Steve, but... I have a beer. That'll suffice for now. Yeah, let's get started then. Um, first of all, uh, just to kick things off, we are Oob Geek Media. We are live recording in absentia episode seven. Another one bites the dust. Uh, my name is Steve. I'm the GM. And I am Zadusto, or John, or Seasonal Bard, or Quill, the Tabaxi Lizard Wizard. I am Anne, and I am the Kenku Rogue Story. And I am Mark. I am playing Zigrit, the Dragonborn Sorcerer. If you like this recording and you want to go back and listen to any of the other ones, there's, I think, what, two up? on Twitch still before it phases out shortly. And then in the very near future, I'll actually have everything completely fully edited and you'll be able to listen to it at your ears delight on whatever service you'd like to stream podcasts on. I'll have a better time frame of that once I get it back from Matt and another huge shout out to Matt for being an amazing audio editor for us. Let's do a quick recap. So where we left off last time, we kind of gone to the slums on the out. Well, not even the slums. This is like beyond that. Uh, This is the true poor side of Fort Hightower, which the majority of you didn't really know was there. Um, And it was pretty shocking how destitute it was there. After doing a little bit of investigation and chit chat, with some of the residents there, you made friends with kind of a de facto leader there. And he told you that some of the murders that have been going on in town have been going on for a bit longer than we had known about prior. And then when you guys started to head back into Fort Hightower, there was a larger guard presence at the gate. And one of the acolytes from the Chapel of Pelor had run up and said that there was another one, whatever that means. Anybody have anything they want to add to that recap? Yeah, Zigrit found out from um, the uh, the wood elves that were visiting the town, uh, druids that were basically trying to do what they can to help because they were sensing that there was something uh, off balance uh, in the town and they were doing what they could to help. Uh, in his conversation with them, he discovered that he told them that the murders involved hearts missing and they shared that there's been animals in the forest a few weeks, maybe even months ago that were missing their hearts. So it seems like there's been an es- a pattern of escalation going on here where somebody in the last six ish months probably learned how to do whatever they're doing and has slowly moved up and probably into the slums and now into the, uh, into the walls of the city to do you know being more brazen about whatever they're doing okay anybody else with anything to add or any reflections from last episode quick before we get the story started teaching numbers that's right yes yeah. learning to sign yay uh, 
Quill, Quill admittedly kind of adopted the entirety of these distraught and downbeaten people. <laughs> Saying that he would pay money to them whenever he came back through town. Which may not be ever. You guys, yeah, and you guys bought them lots of food. So you made, you know, a pretty solid impression with that. Can't forget Ziggurat's uh, magic show. That's true, yeah. There are now several children with ball bearers. I was also going to mention you'd also found a couple of more children that somehow know the creepy little girl. No idea what you're talking about. That's a story problem, not a problem. Story refuses to admit that or acknowledge that that is a thing. <laughs> it never happened. We'll say 10 children. 10 children have ball bearing. There you go. There's no way this could go wrong. No, she's leaving. It's, it's not like it's like a. It's not like it's a loaded gun or anything. It's, <laughs> go play the ammo. If you have a spell catapult, then it. Oh, I started a small group of marble aficionados. Yeah, there you go. Marbles, not projectiles. Yeah, not projectiles in any way, shape, or form. Born to be an Aussie, my poor kid. Acolyte's coming out. He's out of breath. He's sweaty. There's another one. Come quick. Yeah, I follow. Yeah, I assume we're kind of all probably still maybe meandering towards the gate, collecting, and Secret's like, oh, another one. What time of day is it again? Uh, I think it's probably morning. Yeah, I, I think it was kind of mid-morning at this point. Because you guys had bought the food, brought it over. It was mostly dried goods and stuff, so it didn't take a lot of time. It just pay and plop it onto like a, a merchant wagon or a vendor, and they hauled it for you. So it's a big order. You know, you got to throw in a little, little extra. When someone makes a big order, right? The acolyte, he kind of leads you back through the merchant quarter a little towards the actual keep entrance, the uh, cliff face at the base of the mountain. Underneath, you see the town smithy. You see several guards, but you don't see Sir Gammon. You don't see Friar Benjamin there yet. A small crowd, again, is around it. Like the people are kind of like starting to kind of push in a little bit back against the guards and the guards are looking maybe a little panicked. Ziggurat notices right away and is going to cast Prestidigitation to fire off a firework in the sky and make a bang to get everybody's attention. I'm going to try to intimidate them too, just like, Oi, everybody, calm down. And I'm going to use that distraction to sneak around and figure out what's going on. Okay, go ahead. Roll me an intimidation check. Gosh, a one, a nat one. <laughs> Woohoo! I think I spent all my good dice rolls a couple sessions ago. <laughs> I was gonna say you burned those out early. You should really have kind of spaced them out a little bit. That might have worked uh-huh. better for you. Okay, and then could you do a, a stealth for me, please? Twenty-four. Nice. Big bang. There's a small stampede. And you see some of the townspeople have kind of shoved the guards over and they're in a panic. They're they're not calmed down. They're not like stopping. They're just they're just bolting. You startled them and spooked them like a herd of cattle. A couple of the guards kind of get trampled. It's clear, though, that the guards are kind of getting kind of roughed up a little bit as people are running They're Some of them are kind of kicking. They're maliciously stomping on these guards as they run through. You see one of the guards has a blackjack out and he's just kind of swinging at people as they pass. I'm going to try to intimidate the guard and say, none of that. You're making it worse. 
Go ahead, roll me another one. It's another one. It's another one. <laughs> Quill is just hearing all of this. <laughs> Quill hears all of this. He just stands there and shakes his head a little bit. And the, the guard just kind of strolls right up to you and kind of goes, do you want me to use this on you? Z- Ziggurat, you know, obviously it didn't work, but he's going to st- still try to stand on the ground and say, unless you want me to use this on you, and uh, lights uh, some fire in his hands. I'm going to let you roll uh, an extra one with advantage. There we go. 22. Okay, and he, he kind of looks up, kind of realizes what he's talking to, takes a step or two back, and you just kind of see him slowly lower the bit, the black gem. Okay. Sticks it behind his back. He's like, "Sorry, sorry." <laughs> and I, I, I say, uh, "That's how you get people's control with presence, not with force." And she just wasn't that a display of force? No, no, never mind. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't hitting you with it. We were informed that another one had passed. Do I see anything with all of this? As this kind of altercation is is happening, stories pretty quickly. She kind of dips around the back of the crowd. You see a couple of guards there on the ground at this point. They look pretty roughed up. No one's seriously injured or anything, but in kind of in the center of them, and, and one's actually kind of lying across a body that's just sitting out in front of the smithy. This time, the torso is completely intact, but you kind of gaze up and see that the body's head is caved in. It doesn't seem like this person's necessarily, you know, you think of a, a blacksmith. You think they're probably pretty burly, but this this person doesn't seem incredibly muscular, like maybe toned, but but not like ripped or anything like you expect from a blacksmith or anything like that. But they are wearing leathers like they had been working in the forge. So like an apprentice or a assistant? Yeah, I mean that would that would track, right? The guards stand up and and you know, they they look rough, but they're they're going to kind of keep guard around the body and you know, they're kind of helping each other out. Uh, one or two of them are kind of limping off back towards the base of the cliffs where you would know story that the the guard barracks are. And then we'll flash back 15 20 feet away back over to uh I'll walk back a little slower, writing down what I saw. Ziggurat's probably trying to help some of the guards up. There's probably people on the ground. He's trying to help them up and just clear up the situation a little bit and maybe kind of get a bit of a perimeter. Um, so I'm kind of focused on that. Not necessarily. I might have noticed the body, but I'm not. that's not my focus at the moment. Yeah, and you would probably notice as you're doing this, the villagers that were kind of pushing in, you can kind of see them. They're kind of skulking a hundred feet away or so. And they're just kind of talking amongst themselves with their, they keep glancing back over. It's pretty clear that they're talking about you and it's not flattering. <laughs> Probably not. If story hears any of that, she's going to accidentally trip people. It's her magic dragon dude. Nobody gets to talk about him. Yeah. You I mean, you can certainly do like a sneak attack on them if you want. And now she's just, you know what? I've not been able to use sleight of hand. I'm going to steal something off of anybody who says something about, about my dragon. All right, go go ahead and, and do a... You can stealth over there with disadvantage because... Good roll on the sleight of hand. Okay, so stealth over, disadvantage. Oh, she trips. 
I got an 11. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's pretty obvious that you trip a few times in all the exception. You're like, I could see story like ducking between like crowds of people and then the people just disappear and it's just her. <laughs> like, uh. Yes. What was your sleight of hand check though? It was 22. Okay. So even with that, you still he does the whole like excuse me yeah exactly and, like you, know. you you fully like trip and then you kind of play it off like you, in in your head you're like oh yeah I meant to do that it's fine totally. and and you know you look down and you you manage to pocket like five gold I have gold now which pays for the food you bought earlier yeah. Quill kind of walks up to the nearest guard and who is in charge yeah the kind of asshole guard that was mouthing off to Ziggurat steps forward. I'm I'm the most senior guard here. Um, information about what happened. Do you know if there are any witnesses? What occurred to this unfortunate soul? We, we sent word to Friar Benjamin as soon as someone reported a body. He sent an acolyte straight to you, so this is as fresh to us as it is to you nearly. We've been trying to keep people back. But you saw kind of spits. He goes, damn townsfolk. Yes. Is the person who reported it nearby? He kind of points off into the crowd. I go, I, I imagine he's with the other assholes over there. Story there yet. Thank you. Yeah, story uh, would probably like saunter back, swing a little coin first. Um, so she hands Ziggurat the description. She just stews and remembers the person calling them townsfolk in that way. As if it's bad. But with like the puffy, irritated bird thing. Why is, why is the bird why is the bird looking at me like that? She doesn't like you. I'm not, not a fan <laughs> of birds either. Keeps flicking. His eyes back and forth. Look, the way we see it, <laughs> the way we see it, Sir Gammon has put us in charge of this investigation, which means that we are the ones in charge. Please send your men out, try to find out who's the one who reported it, and find any witnesses and bring them back here, please, so we can question them. Looks at Ian, looks at his men, and just huffily walks off. As they kind of approach the crowd, though, very clear sign language as he walks. Everybody in her own note. Exactly what she signed. Universal, yes. Yeah. But as the guardsmen approach that group of townspeople, you notice they're kind of dispersing right away. They don't want to stick around and talk to the guards at all. And in the guards, they just kind of shake their head and then they kind of wander off back into the merchant district, uh, trying to find, presumably, whoever they saw report it. Ziggurat says, sorry, it was worth a try. At least we bought ourselves some quiet. Uh, things are rather tense here, so... Indeed, I didn't make things any better there. I was hoping I could get their attention, but they were already worked up. Once the fire arrives, we can determine, hopefully, who this is. Maybe have some more information. I, uh, last night, I've been focusing so much on combat and the fight we had. I don't have my, uh, detect magic focused. I can't can't detect anything around here like I did last time. Uh, we'll just have to do, do things the normal way, I suppose. Are there still people around the body? No, they've mostly wandered off. They see Ziggurat in particular with 
you know, the kind of display and they're they're kind of staying back a little bit and the few that did stick around after the guards left they may be wandered off a little bit and then they saw the guards take off and they're like kind of just observing from a distance like don't want to get too close to that somebody okay so i, I kind of more handed the paper to, to ziggurat and grabbed quail like we learn anything without being by the body huh. and yeah quill will go with uh story to hopefully converse with these people. You know, they, you approach and they are clearly very cautious. You can imagine at this point, it's, it's probably the association that you had with the guard. The The guard at this point seemed to kind of associate you more with the townsfolk and the townsfolk are kind of getting that. Eh, they're taking cues. The guards are taking cues from you. They must, they must be in cahoots somehow. Do I see anybody I know? or I'm aware of, or would know me. I've been here for a little bit. They would know that I, anybody that would know that I'm not. Yeah, I mean, they would probably be slightly less hesitant with Story just because they might recognize her from around town. But, you know, they're not going out of their way to come up and approach you either. There's people you would recognize. No, I'm looking if there was somebody that I could approach with at least one of my, my magic dudes and make them ask questions or write or would know that I need to write questions. Like somebody is like, you would probably rec make me an NPC right now. <laughs> yeah, no, you would, you'd probably see a bread maker. That's a couple stores down that you would recognize. And you probably, you know, patroned his store in the past because it's, Decent bread, and let's face it, warm bread, fresh bread is the best bread. I have money in my pocket, so I'm going to go up to the bread maker and write down, what did you see, and do you have any fresh bread? <laughs> just kind of slips two coins in there, just holds it with the paper. Like, eh? I'm literally taking the coins away already. There'd be some good bread for two gold. Well, it's me, I would... I have well, it's story, so she would give two gold anyway, whether or not he gave bread has good bread, he needs money to give me bread. You don't know the bread maker's name, but um probably in her late thirties, she's got reddish hair, dimple clothes, she's wearing an apron, she's covered in flour like she was, and her fingers are still have dough on them, clearly ran straight here Pepper, from her yeah. shop, and she goes, um. Yeah, I mean, I, shit, I have bread in. <laughs> she starts sprinting off. She goes, come on, I'll talk to you in a minute. I have given money for bread. I'm following. Still a bird, guys. So story is you, you guys kind of get closer to the, the bakery. Uh, you smell just maybe just a tinge of overcooked bread. Just a little, you know, a little, little over dark on the bottom but she she pulls it out of her oven she's like oh thank fuck <sighs> starts slicing it and she maybe even has like some some uh fresh churned butter and like slips it on there and like puts it in front of you and takes your gold she goes oh i, I saw the gold i didn't see the rest i mean i didn't see much but i i heard people yelling and and someone popped their head and said that there was a body found I, I can assume from the leathers, it's it's probably the smith's apprentice. 
I don't know who would want to kill him, though. She writes down, thank you. Can my friends have some bread, too? Yeah. You give me two gold. You can buy a lot of bread with that. Quill probably catches up at this point. She writes down, we'll grab it later. Well, like, some bread now for my friends so they can have some bread. And then I'll write to my friends, I've prepaid for bread to go out to the outside people. Ziggurat's still by the body. Uh, if So if Quill uh, goes to catch up with stories, Ziggurat's going to stay by the body. And at some point through here, I'm going to try to do either a medicine or an investigation check. Just, or, uh, yeah, let's let's have you do an investigation. Yeah, investigation role. just to see if I can figure out what the heck happened. There we go. 16. Person clearly died from having their head bashed in. Cause of death. The impact, like the dent, is fairly good sized. I mean, it's 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 probably about five or six inches in diameter, and it's almost perfectly square. And it's very clear that there was a significant amount of force. You, you think, like crushed, like a watermelon. You know, is is it like the side of his head or no. front or back of his head? Like right in the front right of the, the front. face. Oh man! And he's is is he outside of his own shop of the smithy? Yeah, it's it's just out front of the smithy. Do I get the sense? Because me, I'm I'm so to, so to not meta game here. Me, I'm getting the sense this is actually might be unrelated given the cause of death. Um, based on how we've seen people die already, this isn't one of those ways. Does Ziggurat get that impression? You know, you're you're not sure. It's odd because. I mean, you, you haven't, like, really, like, checked the whole body out yet, but it's odd that, for one, you can see both hands. There's there's no burnt, but it's it's a very strange coincidence that another death would happen in this small town in the walls where it's established that there's not a lot of, like, serious crime like this outside yeah like you got that impression this has been happening a long time but everyone you've talked to so far is like no murders don't happen here mm-hmm. it's very odd and then go ahead and roll let's roll a perception check for me a nine that close to a 20 okay so even with that uh what seems kind of odd is you have the apprentice here he's wearing his leathers but you don't see smoke coming out of the smithy. And you're not hearing any activity. And usually, I mean, a smithy's usually a pretty noisy place when he's working on stuff. Well, they're usually open, like, at, at the crack of dawn. So he, that should be going if he were in business. So, you know, it's yeah. mid-morning, and there's no activity other than all the people. So it's, it's something seems out of place. And you're not entirely sure what it is, but for sure it's odd. Like, things are not, again, adding up, and something's weird. Zero goes, what were you doing out here, mate? Going to work? Realizing that I was just dragged off for something pretty much entirely unrelated to what happened, (laughs) Quill's going to go back to the crime scene. I'm going to leave the baker with a note that says, just deliver the bread mod, and then I'm going to go back. I just like, deliver the bread mod? The crazy witch lady? Deadpan look at her and nod my head. You guys head back, and I imagine Ziggurat's examined the body a little bit, and uh, you guys approach, and he's still kind of kneeling down, trying to figure out what the fuck is. Something's weird. 
probably at this point, like pulling things out of his pockets and like laying them out along his person just to see if there's anything in there. Like, does it, does he have coin? Does it look like this was aggravated by anything? You know, um, you do notice that he has probably more coin than he should for an average workday. And if someone was robbing him, he wouldn't have this much coin on him. Number one. Right. He wouldn't have any. Yeah. That, that's kind of what Ziggert was getting at with it. It was like, does he have anything that somebody would have robbed him or killed him over? On it's him? a work day. You know, even if he's doing business, he's doing business at the Smithy. Why would he have, you know, extra coin on him? He's probably got a solid like 30, 40 gold on him for something basic. He's probably not going to you're not going to need that. Yeah. And it just seems odd, but you don't notice much else in his pockets. Just. Ziggurat sees Quill and says, what do you make of this, mate? Oh, it's full of money. I mean, his heart's here. Doesn't seem to be any magic involved with what happened. I, oh, I figure we establish who the deceased is, who, and if there's still a guard or two, who is this dead person? When I get there, I hand them each buttered bread, and then I look around the rest of up so you're going into the to the smithy yeah i mean i see them on on the body i don't need to be so i'm gonna look at the rest of let's do what would be a good let's just do an intelligence a straight up intelligence roll for me just because i'm i'm not gonna screw around and i'll just have Anne do it because she's story is the only one in the smithy right now 15 okay so you know, you would think this being, if this is in fact an apprentice, which it appears it is, that he's going to probably be up before the smith, getting things laid out, getting things started for the day. A lot of stuff is laid out from what limited things that you've seen from a smithy. Things look like they were getting prepped for the day. Okay. But as you walk in, the actual smithy the forge the bellows and everything are kind of an outer area things are laid out things are ready nothing started yet though no fires are burning nothing just bag of coal off to the side the bellows seems like it's prepped and ready to go but nothing is started and then you walk in to the smithy like the shop if you will Again, things are kind of laid out like he was kind of opening things up for the day. To the back, you see a counter. And with a lockbox underneath behind the counter. And then another door off to the side. You go through that door and you see a simple living space. You see a crust of bread that's half eaten and another one laid out that hasn't been eaten at all. Again, off to the side. You see two pallets. One is empty and made. And immediately walking in, you notice a very large man snoring. But he is dressed in his leathers. And he has blood on his hands. Splattered across his face, his apron, and his shirt. But for all the world, he's sleeping like a baby. 
and you see a large warhammer that is covered in blood and bits of person's face on the ground next to him. Does he have a necklace? Uh, let's do a stealth roll for that. Twenty. He does. Thirteen plus seven. You kind of he does? peek into his um, tunic, and he kind of grunts a little, and you're like, and he is wearing the exact same kind of necklace or amulet that you found on Heinrich and Goodfrey. Do I cut it off or go get my magic guys? It's up to you. Uh, I should say up to story. So is there anyone outside who's ever going to acknowledge <laughs> the questions I've asked? <laughs> like, I just, a simple, straightforward, like... Well, you're thinking, Anne, pop back out to Quill, who's probably fairly frustrated right now, because <laughs> as soon as he approaches with whomever, people are just walking away. You kind of ran off, you've got your buttered bread, and you're just kind of eating it. Not. <laughs> she's she's you're not eating it? I'm like, this is... No. <laughs> it's probably still in my paw. Ziggurat's already finished his and just slowly reaches <laughs> over to Quill and says, Mike, I'm still hungry. <laughs> you, you can have it. You don't, you're not going to eat that, are you? It doesn't even wait for him to answer. Just grabs it, starts. As you guys are kind of standing there and Ziggurat's still kind of sitting down, searching, looking through. People are kind of slowly gravitating cautiously back. One of the townsfolk kind of stops and goes, well, do you really have to do an investigation? It it looks like his face got bashed in. Sigurd ignores that. I kind of just would like to know who this is that is dead. That helps determine what's going on. Well, that's that's Broden. That's that's the Smith's apprentice. Where's the Smith? I I haven't seen him all morning. Hand shot. Hand. She's gonna cut the necklace off, but be ready to run. So I hope the last. Okay, we'll we'll get back to that. <laughs> Your narrative. Okay, so yeah, that's that's Broden the apprentice, and I haven't seen the Smith all morning. Oh, if his apprentice is dead, I'd assume he'd be here, unless he. Uh, where is his lodgings? His eyes. Him and the apprentice, they sleep in the back of the smithy. He goes, just go through the door. It, I, you know, I'm not good friends with him. I don't walk into his bedroom that's, or that's, anything, but, you know, thank, they stay back you. there. Thank you. Um, it's a, it seems fairly straightforward compared to the other deaths. Uh, we'll try our best to get to the bottom of it. And Quill will go into the smithy, assuming to look for the smith. Yeah, Ziggurat sees him and wants to follow, but he looks over at the person who's talking to Quill and says, Does the princess have family? No, he's... The smith took him in at a young age from a neighboring town. I'm I'm not aware of any family there. I got the impression they were glad to be rid of him. Look, I'm going to take this coin. I'm not stealing it. I need to find a good home for this coin that the princess had. I want you to bear witness. This coin will end up in the right hands, which are not mine. <laughs> Piers goes, fine. We're going in, and if you want to watch over the body, make sure 
there's the acolytes. Can come watch and take care of it. We need to go and uh, get to the bottom of this. I want to make sure this town is safe. As you guys are walking to the front door of the smithy, you hear a loud yell. And we go back to Anne and Story. So Story, you're slicing the amulet. Yeah, I'm going to try very, like, quietly. And then going to rip and run with my dig. I gotta get my dice out now. Nope, wrong drawer. Where are my dice? I got this, I promise. Mine's on my screen. It's really nice. I'm prepared. Hey, I've almost brought up D&D Beyond. I thought about it. Also, my dice. Nice. Are those, nice. Are those the ones you made, or those bought ones now? Uh, this side is ones I've made. Nice. This side is ones that I've bought to make dice out of, cast off of. Okay. Smithy starts writhing and sh- screaming, and smoke starts pouring out of his. Did I succeed? Yeah, you succeeded. Did I have to roll nah, anything? He was sleeping. Okay so-, okay, so as soon as it's like cut, I run because bad things happen. Yeah, and uh, you just hear a lot of commotion behind you, I guess. I mean, you cut and run, and you hear thrashing behind you, and. Uh, and I walk into the wall of cat. Yeah, pretty much. As, as soon as, yeah, as soon as I hear a scream, it's snap fingers, gecko out, looking at what's happening, and probably story bumps into me. Have you do a reflex save here? What do you want to? Yeah, yeah. Dex save. Do I need to roll something for that? Also? Yeah, you should probably do a reflex save as well. Yeah, Quill got a an eleven. But I, I assume I'm larger, like a size category. I think larger, you're both medium, aren't you? Pretty sure Kenkus are medium creatures, though. Medium, yeah. That's not nearly as good as my 13. You two are going to run into each other. Just roll 1d4 of damage for each of you. And it'll be non-lethal, obviously. If you had really failed, I mean, you're in a room full of weapons and armors, so that could have been a little uglier, but... Would have been bad, yes. One. I either take that or do that. Yeah, you just take one. Who made a backup fighter, by the way? <laughs> that was me. Okay. <laughs> I was just looking into a Beyond. Okay, I'm going to have to make a backup character at some point, too. I'm just going to do it so it's there. Um, so yeah, it's it, I, 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 oof. have we made the connection yet that the gecko when it's out is Quill's eyes? Um, I, I think Zigrit probably would realize that by okay. now. Well, I'm just gonna like neck, like gesture that necklace and the knife and like. Uh, does he still look alive? <laughs> Story turns around and you can hold your. Gecko kind of up, and Ziggurat, you can see over their heads, even crouching a little bit with the height of the ceiling in there. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, he don't look good. I guess uh, Quill goes over and will do a medicine check to check to see if he's still got a pulse. Oh, humans don't smell good when they're cooked. I don't. What story has her wits? She writes a small note that says, Ziggurat on fire was better than getting hit with what he was with. What was that? Zero hasn't seen the room yet. Hammer or axe? A large warhammer. Warhammer. Yeah. Suppose the warhammer had a square head? 
Was there blood on it? Oh. Did, you, did he... You, you think he did that? Necklace. Mm. He got it. You would smell that smell. Like you said, you can smell burning flesh. But Quill, with your medicine check, you can tell he's breathing shallowly, but he's not going to live long unless you intervene. I try to. I don't have a healer's kit, so there's not, unfortunately, a lot I can do uh, to intervene. Although, I I will try my best to intervene in some way, but without a healer's kit, I don't know if there's much I can do. Since I'm not hearing, like, fight, I'm going to write down, should I go get the religious guy again? Yes. The religious guy. Prior Benjamin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you, you know, shoot out the door. He'd be right there, yeah, right? It's, it's not far. You guys are just a little outside of the courtyard where the, the chapel is. And even as you're not quite out of like the yard of the smithy, um, you can see Friar Benjamin walking with his acolytes across the lawn. Like, not across the lawn, across the courtyard. He's headed this way. Yeah, so I kind of wave and... Quill. Um... I think you can just do a straight up heel, another heel check just to see if you can stabilize him. Well, hopefully this one goes better. Uh, Zig- Zigrit is trained in medicine as well, right? Yes. Do we want to do some help action here? Yeah, you could. Uh, what's the help? One of us, like, uh, so one of us would basically give the other advantage. I, I probably know enough. Like you're, you're definitely more experienced. So I probably would just be there to give you advantage. Then at that point, okay, because that that might do us some good. Yeah, there <laughs> a nineteen. You you see a bucket? There's probably a bucket of water. Yeah, to quench the fire around here for cooling. Use it to kind of for quenching. Yeah, use it to kind of smother so the burns like, a little bit. Like, probably water. He's still burning. Cigarette, like, oh, use <laughs> the water. Quill, you trying to do what you can to treat as much of the burns as you can and try to keep him from really going into shock. Like, we don't have to get into super detail about what that looks like. But yeah, he's he's unconscious, clearly. And he's he's in bad shape, though. Like, you can you can tell he's breathing, but it's it's pretty ragged and he's badly burnt. And you can just tell, even just like, you know, you open his mouth a little bit, you look at the inside of his mouth, it's burnt. Under his arms, his chest, he's just covered from the inside out. Literally the inside out and burns. Uh, So not doing great, but hopefully hopefully we've stabilized him just enough for Fire Benjamin to come apply some proper healing. But he didn't hit us for him. (laughs) This is true. We we Quill Quill internalizes this event. Quill will remember this. Friar Benjamin kind of walks in behind you, and he sees you. You know, kind of tending to this this guy's wounds again. What's another necklace? Where are these amulets coming from? I fear they have been here for some time, at least a month, if not more, according to Heinrich, and. I assume they've been placed on many people throughout the town. Every time something else happens, it's it's showing there is something seriously wrong here. 
I don't I don't understand how I couldn't have seen this. And he starts to sit down on the bed and, and sees, you know, the blood on the sheets from the leathers and, and you know the leather apron and everything. And he goes this kind of stops and he's like gets really white and then he kind of walks over to the other pallet, sits down and kind of looks out the doorway, make sure there's no acolytes around and you see him reach into his robes and pulls out his his flask and takes a long pull from it. Nigret still has a hunk of bread in his hand and he says, Hey mate. See? Bread came in handy. It's true. He just looks lost. Kind of looking around it seems out of place. Like the apprentice was clearly getting things ready for the day. Are you guys gonna kinda look around a little bit more? Ziggert's just gonna mention to the to the friar, um Look. I come from a magical family. Uh magic is in me. Literally literally. I'll have to use magic or wheels up inside me. But I haven't seen magic items such as this. Little trinkets around my house. And he kind of like, like, um, uh, what's the word? Like in, inadvertently gestures to his wand, like, you know, subconsciously gestures to his wand, like ancient items like this. It doesn't point to his wand, but like talking about the neck necklace, these are powerful. They're coming from somewhere into this town. And I'm guessing they're not coming from inside the town. The only person we know is the shopkeeper's apprentice. What do you have on him? He's he's relatively new to the town compared to most of the other people we've talked about. He came along, you know, a year or two ago, I think. And he's, from all that I can tell, he's kind of become indispensable to Heinrich. They've become fairly close, from what I understand. Yeah, and Heinrich had one of those necklaces on him. Aye, yes. Again, another wear is worse for wear. Now they've removed it. Uh, did the blacksmith have uh, a relationship with Heinrich or the fellow we're talking about over there? The the apprentice of late had started coming to chapel services. The smith, no. I, I knew very little of him. You know, we've lived in the same town for several years, but I I don't know him well, but his apprentice, yes, he he seemed of late to need the comforts of the church. I don't know much details, but I can I can tell you he seemed more stressed than I've seen him since he's come to town. I hate to suggest this, but we may need to take more drastic measures. As uh, what would it take to get him into custody? As multiple people have shown up with these necklaces, perhaps it's time to gather your flock and check the townsfolk for the necklaces and mass. That may be wise. I'll need to pray about this, but I, I think I think you're probably right. And from my knowledge, uh, baubles, enchanted items like this, once. Someone knows how to make them. It's simply a matter of time and effort and the requisite materials to make more. So there could be, if this was planned out in advance, 
a large number of necklaces throughout the town, throughout people, positions of power, all having effect on their memory, on their capabilities, taking control of them at moments to make things go in the way the creator desires. It definitely seems as though there's a larger plot afoot. Though killing a smith's apprentice, much like all of these other acts, seems random, invaluable to any cause worth such death, such cruelty. It seems senseless. I suppose I should tend to this poor fellow. He goes, I'll, I'll have my acolytes bring him and I suppose I'll suppose I'll have to keep him in a secure location as well. This means I'll have to speak to Sir Gammon for more guards. Mm-hmm. Takes another long pull from his flask. Though it looks as though the smith dispatched his apprentice, I do not think it was of his own volition. I hope when time comes to pass judgment, that is taken into account. I hope that the law will treat them kindly. And it was clear they're up, not of their own mind. And before you go, we ventured outside the, the wall today and have heard uh, some information from the folk out there. These deaths have been going on for some time. Longer, much longer than, well, Gammon would have had us to believe. Months and months back. Months? People outside the wall, their hearts were moved. They reported it to the guards, and the guards did nothing. Zigrit hasn't told this to Quill yet, but it says, well, I was talking to some druids that were um, stowing outside of town, and uh, they did notice those animals in the last few months that had their hearts missing, just like that little girl in the middle of the square. Look, whoever was here hasn't been doing this for long, but it's been a few months. It's it, it's probable that it's escalating, and it's going to get worse. I suspect in a few days we might see some of the high people in the town start to die. I... I can't believe it, because I I know Gammon and I, are, are we're not friends, but we've worked together as best we can to do what we can for the people of this town. I, I can't believe he wouldn't have mentioned this. It, it is troubling, and of the state of them out there, they haven't been well cared for, which it seems odd coming from where I come from that uh, people are not at least given the basic necessities to survive. While I'm kind of talking to him, I'm going to have my gecko go up on the top of my head, and I'm going to try to see if there is a necklace on Friar Benjamin. Do a perception check for me. (laughs) On that one. (laughs) So five total. Uh, You can clearly see he's got his symbol of Paylor. You you don't see any like obvious bulges or anything untoward to make you think that he has anything on that's hidden underneath his vestments. Okay. I I <laughs> at this point it was it was definitely one of those things like I should check to see if he's being affected as well. 
But taking that, I'm like, okay, well, these these people should be taken care of. The Apprentice, uh, hopefully. Cigarette, you mentioned some amount of money on the Apprentice's person. Yes, thank you. Get forty uh, gold. Uh, um, it, this this is a lot of gold, and it. I know it's part of the investigation, but look, I can't let so just anybody take this gold. So, um, you, a man of the cloth, probably know a better home for this. I suggest you don't take it into your church. You give it to those who need it. Perhaps the people on the other side of the wall. Give some goodwill to the people that have been forgotten. I He goes, the, the coffers tend to run dry when it comes to charity for those outside the wall. As as much as I hate to do it, we've we've been strapped as even just taking care of what we can within the wall. I'll set this aside for those who dwell out. He goes, I, it seems I've been somewhat misled about what is going on out there. And he Indeed. seems to firm himself a little bit. He goes, it won't happen again. I assume some of it can be put towards the boy's internment or rights as he does not have anyone. Outside of the smith who took him in, he'll he'll be seen to the chapel. As I said, he had joined my flock recently, and um, it would be remiss of me not to take care of him as best I can. Thank you. We'll continue to try piece these events together. Uh, if we could work uh, together to. Gather important people. It seems the members that have thus far been afflicted with these necklaces have held some position in town. The smith, Heinrich, a merchant of some repute, and Gudfrey, a member of record for the town. Perhaps more people with positions should be checked first. I think that's that's likely wise. You see some acolytes are kind of waiting patiently outside. You know, he kind of squats down uh, next to the smith and looks at him and he goes, I, I may need some more time to help this man. I, I must see to him. Yes. And he motions for his acolytes and they walk in. He goes, please... Uh, Search, do what you can. I imagine that Gammon will likely send someone to assist you in, in searching the smith as well. But at this point, I'm, I'm no longer as sure of his intentions as I was. Squares his jaw and follows his acolytes out with the smith. You're left in this room with these slightly charred bed sheets that are covered in blood and this bloody warhammer and this neatly made other pallet. Do you guys want to look around a little more? Um, I never went back into the living quarters. Keep putting all of these very tall people in very small rooms. So Story will do a more in-depth looky-loo around the shop. Okay. Yeah, Quill Quill will help one of them investigate, and I, I'm going to be right back. I would assume that once everybody leaves, that 
I can get into the room and investigate more. Yeah, let's let's kind of break this down room by room. So you're going to Quill and Ziggurat are kind of dealing with things in I mean, the living quarters. Like I said, it's just kind of off of this small area where the pallets are. Um, it's not even really like a separate room. It's more just kind of partitioned off. So you walk in there and it's very basic. They have a, a wash bucket. There's a fire pit. There's a table, two chairs, carved wooden dishes and a, a, a cooking pot on the fire. The fire's not burning. It's cool. What was your investigations role? I didn't roll anything yet. Oh, okay. 18 plus 2 is 20. Damn. Okay. As you're searching around, you do see some records from the smithy. And kind of tucked underneath them, you see a handwritten note, a promissory note to Heinrich for the amount of 700 gold. And I whistle for the, the brain dudes. Come over. I return to lend my brain. So just to fill you in. So Story did an investigations check on that living area that's just off of the area with the two pallets and found basically a, a small set of records from the smithy and tucked underneath was a promissory note for a loan to be paid back to Heinrich for 700 gold. Oh, great. To Heinrich. And as you guys are kind of thinking, you kind of think when you were questioning Heinrich, kind of was thinking like he had had his loan shark go and kind of collect from someone earlier. And it didn't quite make sense because the loan wasn't due yet. As you look, you see other papers folded in. You think maybe this is who he was talking about. Seems we may have found the muscle, so to speak. It seems odd, though, because why would Heinrich have someone kill this apprentice or the smith? Things aren't quite adding up, but things are somewhat lining up in a general sense. Now, it's odd, though, this gentleman with the amulet on the smith killed the apprentice. There doesn't seem to be like a motive. Right. What do you guys want to do from here? Are you going to keep searching the the smithy? The apprentice is the loan shark is where we've come with this. No. If you recall, Farrick was named as the loan shark by Heinrich. Yeah. Uh, it's time to go talk to the boy. Oh, oh I agree. Let's uh, seek him out. That's really all we can get from here. Uh, so yes, let's go visit this god. You guys going to leave straight from here? I think so. So story, story, you would know that he sleeps in the bunkers with the other guards, but just lining things up. You remember that it was this time of day when you guys first found Millie dead and then you started following him and he went to the drug den on his patrol on his way back to the bunkhouse or garrison or whatever. So you think maybe if we go quick, we could maybe 
Cut him off at the uh, pass. Sounds like a good plan, Story. Lead the way. Came up with it all by myself. <laughs> so I'd take them to the drug den. So are you guys going to kind of stake it out? Are you guys going to go in right away? What do you want to do with that? Nigret's not really a patient person. I don't think staking it out is either of these gentlemen's strong point. That was actually what I was going to do. Well, and when I staked it out, there was really no... There wasn't any, like... There was the door. Yeah, from what you could see. And not partaking. You really never had any reason to go in here either. I mean, it's 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 well known, even among like the, the petty thieves that you've met. They're just like, no, that's where the druggies go. They're not money makers. And you don't use it if you're not on the top of your game. How are you going to do stuff? Yeah, the, the only association you would have with any of them is you would know that they know where a fence is in town. But that's yeah. more of a happenstance kind of thing, because there's not that many fences in town. Yeah. You guys are gonna, just going to jump yeah. right in? Who's going first? Secret's going to lead the pack, feeling like... Uh, like uh, wanting, like he already knows that story stays behind him, and uh, having you know seen the last time that that Quill went in first, Sigurd's like, oh, I'm about to be the first one in, be imposing, feel like myself. To be fair, you're a great vantage. It's true. You could probably hide behind me pretty well. I mean, you have so. And Quill is prepared, like, Quill is preparing himself to, like, wait outside for this guard to exit so we can just, like, ask him questions outside the drug den. Notices that both of his companions are, are going towards it. I'm like, well then, and follows after them. This is happening, I guess. Zigrid, as soon as you walk in, you're kind of hit by this bitter but stale mm-hmm. smell. It's dark and kind of smoky. It's not a large building by any means. It's fairly low. The foundation's kind of sunk into the ground a little bit. The windows, they don't have like proper shutters. There's no wooden shutters or anything on them. It's it's basically just cloth pulled across the windows. But all of the windows have cloth across them to block out the sunlight. There's a few dim candles on sconces on the walls, but they're not nice. It's you know, it's basically just a stick holding up a candle. It's not clean. At this time of day, probably three or four bodies that are kind of in various states of lounging. It doesn't seem like a real happening place right now. It's still kind of mid-morning. Probably hasn't really gotten going for the day. Most of the people are hungover. The people but... that are there were probably not there <laughs> last night. Yeah. You haven't actually encountered Farrick yet. Like you, you do see one guy that is dressed in wrinkled, you know, he's in a guard uniform. It's kind of snoring. You think if, if this guy is on patrol, what the fuck is he doing asleep in a drug den in the middle of the morning? Ziggert just goes Farrick. And he just kind of groans and turns and squints at you. And all you see is just, bloodshot eyes and his skin is just kind of sunken and he looks really kind of ashen and gray. He gives a couple of really like racking coughs and spits and then just kind of lays down on top of what he just spit on. I grab him by the shoulder, roll him over and the first thing I do is check for a necklace. He just kind of like slaps your hands away. 
do a go ahead and do like a perception check. Do I uh, recognize him? You would recognize him. This is definitely the same guy that you followed. Okay, well, the, I signaled to him. Well, I assumed when I said his name and he responded, I just assumed that was him. But I, yeah, uh, I got a seven. So yeah, I mean, you you don't notice anything, like, but he slaps your hands away pretty quickly too. Yeah, I try to signal like out. Let's. Yeah, I I, I grab him. I still have a hold of him at by some measure of clothing and just pick him up and said, oh, "Let's get outside. You can use some sun." Why don't you do a strength check with advantage? Nineteen, or sorry, seventeen. I can add. You drag him a lot around like a wet rag. He just kind of flops. <laughs> I figure I've got him. Like he probably has like some sort of male shirt, and I've just got him right here, and I'm just dragging him, and he's just. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not even male. It's probably just like boiled leather. Oh sure, yeah. Something really basic. Something you can you you can just like grab right on the front collar of it and drag him. He yep. just kind of flops around a little bit. When we when we get outside, I prop him up against the wall of the building. Um, I assume he's sitting still in his state, and just kind of set him upright so he's facing us in the sunlight. He kind of groans. He goes, "Ah, <laughs> the fuck do you want?" It has been a lot going on around town, and it seems like you've been avoiding it. Tell us what you know about the murder of that little girl the other night. Uh, I I don't I don't I don't want to talk about it. You're going to talk to us. And I'm going to roll intimidation on that. Are you still like holding him or is there space now? I've still got him. Uh, and I rolled oh. a 10. I just can't muster. Zigrid's been too, he's got too much charisma, you know, just too just friendly. Go, go ahead and roll another one for advantage. Because he's, okay. he's pretty hungover and disoriented. That's fair. 21. Oh, wow. Nice. I was going to say, are we going to good cop, bad cop this? And I have to be the good cop? I think so. Yeah, Ziggurat's kind of set the tone for that, for sure. And basically, it's just, or Ziggurat feels like he's put himself, uh, put Farrick in a situation where he's caught him off guard, and I'm not giving him an option, and just putting him in a situation where he feels like he has to answer. So that's that's my, my tact right now, is surprise him. Don't give him a chance to think about other options. The only option is you're answering our questions. And he's got a bird that goes, yeah. <laughs> Fluffs up. And... So yeah, you, you still have him by that, that boiled leather cuirass and just kind of grab him, slam him against the wall a little bit. And it, instead of like cowering, he, he just bursts into tears. Like it's, it's not at all what you expect. You expected like, like more anger, like more fuck yous. No, he just he bursts into tears and just starts. Ziggurat lets go and takes like two steps back, like not expecting that. No, 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 secret. This he was close to Millie. He cares for her. We should take this with a bit more tact. <sighs> All right, fine. You ask him then. Now, we understand some of what has been going on. We've pieced a few of the puzzles out, and you are somewhat involved in much of what has gone on. Uh, Heinrich has said that you act as an enforcer for his loans. He goes, yes. Pulls his knees up to his chest and just kind of sits there, and he shivers. 
And Quill kind of leans down, puts an arm, a, a hand, a paw on his shoulder. He's clammy. Yeah. <laughs> you were asked to lean on Goofy, but before the unfortunate circumstances started occurring. Uh, sort of. I was told to threaten Goodfrey, but but he wanted me to get close to Millie, and I did. It was just supposed to be a show to scare Goodfrey, but I started to like her. Now she's dead. That is unfortunate. It was your fault. No. He just bursts into tears again no, no. and throws up in the corner and keeps crying right through it. There are, there are events going on out of your control, Farrakh, but... You can give us some information that we may need to know. The smith, was he also indebted to Heinrich? Yes. What does that have to do with Millie? It's unrelated. Was there anyone else of import, merchants, tradesmen, in town indebted to Heinrich? Um, it's, it's strange. He's not. There's plenty of people indebted to Heinrich, but not, not anyone... You know, the guard, it's its kind of the steady job in town. That's thats why I took this job. I needed the money. Because I didn't want to didn't want to be one of those poor bastards outside the wall. No, it's uh, very clearly. The apprentice, he found us and asked for the money. I, I don't know why. I don't know why they wanted me to pressure him to pay it back before it was due. I just did it. That, that is not important. Uh, what we need to know is, are there others? Um, yeah, lots of them. He was even half the guard. You know, several of the merchants have taken loans from Heinrich. That's the only reason Heinrich does so well. You know, people have to owe him money to survive. There's clerks, there's merchants... Some of the people at the gates, even some of the caravans owe him money for repairs or whatnot when they come into town. I, I don't know. Was I, I, he even has dealings with people back at the capital. Who does he send? He obviously doesn't leave a shop himself. And he would tell you that he deals almost exclusively with Heinrich's second in command. He has very little direct contact with Heinrich whatsoever. And he goes, it's, it's, it's Thomas. It's, it's Thomas Lackley. He's the one who tells me to put pressure. You know, he keeps the books. Heinrich should know this. He goes, he keeps him and Thomas. He keep, they keep all the records at Heinrich's house. Yes. Yes. Did they ask, did Thomas ask you to deliver anything to the people you were meant to pressure. Uh, maybe at the beginning of the loan, a necklace. Perhaps. Yes. That's that's how he can show them that they're in debt. All, all of his loans. That way they can feel the weight of their debt around their necks. Farrakh, I'm truly, ah. truly sorry that this unfortunate circumstance has wrapped you so deeply inside of it. Millie seemed like a good person, and you seemed honestly interested and kind to her. Ziggurat picks him up off the ground, kind of like just by the shoulders, sets him. Says, You've been a good mate. Sorry, I had to rough you up. You go find Maud. You stay safe. 
you know where to find Maud, don't you? It's, it's, yeah, I, I do. It's I never meant anything to happen to Millie because I, I, I just I was. They wanted me to get close to her and and to pressure Goodfrey. They wanted something from him. I, I don't know what, but we know, we know. Tell Maud, story sent you. She'll clean you up, give you a fix for that hangover, and uh, I don't tell anybody you're going there. Just go right there. He goes, um, said the apprentice. He's not the only one that I was supposed to pressure before their loan was due, though. Who was the most recent? Broderick, the town butcher. <laughs> Ziggur goes, shit. And it starts, like, uh, said, go find Mold, and just, like, qu- quick steps towards the butchers. Yeah, uh, Quill sighs. Move. Don't wait up for me. I'll catch up. Yeah, I'm following the butchers. When they leave, Quill kills <laughs> Eric. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can't have you telling things now. Excuse me. Killing people in the next room is my job, apparently. <laughs> As they take off, he goes, um, he goes, I'm, I'm trying to think back to all the people I've pressured, but he goes, I can't, I can't remember all of them. I know. Wait. I know I've gone to more places than this. Wait, wait, wait. Don't go to mods. Come with me to Friar Benjamin. We, uh, he can help you more than, more than Maud can. At a time like this, I will go with you. My friends will see to the butcher. (laughs) Realizing what this probably means. (laughs) He just keeps crying. As you're walking, he goes, Lackley's been acting so strange and and good for you, too. It's it's not important. Don't think about that now. You, uh... He keep... He kept... Thomas kept giving me notes... He keeps giving me notes to give to Goodfrey, and he goes, I'm trying to remember what they said. No, no, it's fine. I think they threatened to hurt her, but they knew. I told told Thomas I wouldn't wouldn't do that. I, I understand your pain, but you need to not think about this too hard right now. Can you, can you perhaps do that for me? Just not think about this too hard. You see him pull a little wrapped paper or something out of his pocket and he shoves it in his mouth and just starts chewing and he just starts to... And he's he's still walking, but it's... Come come along now. Back to one side yeah. of the path that he's kind of stumbling a little yeah, bit. I, uh, I, I guide him towards, <laughs> towards Paylor's church as best as I can. I, de- I need not to think about this. <laughs> the rest of the walk goes fairly uneventfully, but let's switch over to to Ziggurat and Story. I love these split uh, party moments so much. Makes it a lot easier to kill you guys. Uh, that's why I, I thought we were about to witness Quill <laughs> dying. <laughs> I can run faster than this man. So, see, you notice the trying to set the boy on fire by the DM story especially you would know where the butcher is it's not far from the chapel actually the butcher is a pretty busy happening place you know people go there all time of day everyone needs meat nothing better than a violent person in a crowd 
you see at this time of day, most of the people that are capable of working are going about their day. The few that aren't, it's, it's probably a couple of older people. And, you know, they're they're kind of in the shop. They're looking at like some smoked meats and stuff that's a little more preserved, some salted cured things. As you guys walk into the butcher's shop, the first thing that you notice is a very large human woman behind the counter, and she has cleavers in both hands. She is hacking at a large beef quarter. She's probably she's probably a good six four, fairly well muscled. She's got large features, but she's she is actually very easy on the eyes for Zigrit. There's something about her that doesn't quite seem human. It doesn't seem like she's completely separate from humanity or anything like that. But but you just you get like this tiny little impression that there's maybe something a little a little non-human mixed in there, but you can't quite tell what it is. She has blonde hair that's tied back. It's under just a piece of cloth just to keep her hair out. She's got a neat mm-hmm. short ponytail. And she's wearing a very large stained apron. It might have been white at one point. It's brown now. She's a butcher. She's a butcher. But what you do notice is the shop is actually very clean. Like, as much as she's hacking away, she takes care of this place. They're necklace. <sighs> I'm trying to... Yeah, that's the first thing is, is just offhand... Is she wearing uh, a familiar looking necklace? You don't see one. And her neck, like, it's not like low cut or anything, but her neckline, you would see it. But she doesn't appear to have one on. Uh, (laughs) Zigrit walks through the door and and notices that and goes, Oh, good, good. Ah, Catches his breath. Doesn't say anything other than just like run through the door, sees that, and good. Uh, that's probably what she sees as he walks through the door. Um, can I can I help you, lizard man? It... <laughs> Please, dragonborn. Uh, lizard man is a totally different rice. Believe me, you don't want to meet a lizard man. Okay, I'm in here. Um, honestly, trying to save your life. Um. I don't know where to start. Look, there's something weird happening in town. And it, it, you might owe Heinrich some money. Is that correct? She thinks about it for a minute. She goes, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I took a loan out for him a while back. Um, thing is, we've connected matters with people who owe him money. We are not here to collect. We're here to try to protect you. Um, is there anybody else close to you who knows that you owe him money um i'm not sure she this, she kind of glazes out for a minute i i just what 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 were we talking about story yeah. tries to sneak behind her tries to hide and sneak behind her stealth roll please no no little crow i know there's lots of meat here but get get back back away from my counter please can I do an Arcana check just to see, like, was that glaze looked meaningful yeah, to me? absolutely. 15. With what you know of how these amulets work, even Heinrich, when he removed the amulet, still had blocks of his memories gone. 
Now, she does not appear like she's injured in any way. The only logical way that you can think of knowing how this amulet in theory would work is that if the person controlling her had her remove it, it would not trigger that self-destruct spell. Mm -hmm. I am very glad we came upon you. Um, You might not remember this, but at some point you might have had a necklace. I'm not asking you to remember it. I'm just telling you as a fact. There's probably blocks of your memory missing. The important thing is we need to get you to safety and make sure you don't have a necklace on. You've heard of a few people burning to death lately. It's not from Dragon Breath. Like the uh, townspeople have been saying, I know what they're saying. Listen here. Can I have you you roll a persuasion check? (laughs) It's 11. (laughs) Okay. So she's like, not sure about this because you just said you're a dragon bar. Okay, we'll put a pin in that for now. Uh, okay, okay. We'll just we'll just move past that. You just see her like has her cleavers. She's like, okay. Just one sec. I'm not doing a good job here. You you're flustering me here. You're you're a beautiful girl. I can't quite see. I'm gonna let my crow friend here fill us in. I'm gonna write to her. It's best we go check with Friar. Benjamin? Benjamin. Like, and that whole thing, like the prior trying not to do religious dude and whacking cigarette and okay, Benjamin, please, just in case. She knows how this works. I'm gonna hand over a gold for your time. Let's let's go see Friar Benjamin. As soon as those words leave her lips, one of the old women whips around and their face melts. Still an old woman, but looks much scarier. And you see a dagger appear. And that's where we're going to end for the night. (laughs) I didn't even realize there were other people in here. Call an ambulance, (laughs) but not for me. (laughs) I was just realizing what what time it was. And I'm like, oh, we're going long tonight. But that's cool. Hey, this is Steve, the GM. If you enjoyed tonight's podcast, please leave a review on iTunes or wherever else you're listening to our podcast. It really helps us grow. If you're feeling really extra, go to ubergeekmedia.com, click the donate button, and set up a monthly subscription. That helps us keep the lights on, and it helps us continue bringing you great content. Have a great day.